to 11. For God has not destined us for wrath. Hallelujah! We're not destined for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who loved us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another as you build one another up, just as you are doing. Hebrews 3.13 says this, Exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Should we pray? Lord God, you are a God who makes all things new by the power of your cross. Lord Jesus, I ask this morning that you would make things new in our hearts, breakthroughs in our hearts by the power of the cross, by the power of your resurrection, by the power of who you are, God eternal. Lord Jesus, impart your power to us today through your word that we might know you more. Amen. I didn't want to ask God for power then. We kind of want him, don't we? So if we edit the tape, might change that prayer a bit. So we're coming to um, number six in our series of one another. Today we're looking at encourage one another. <clears throat> so as usual, I turn to the Faithful Chambers English Dictionary just to find out what we're talking about. The verb encourage means to support, uh, to give confidence or hope to someone, to urge someone to do something. It means to promote or recommend something or someone. <clears throat> and the noun means uh, to support or a source of increased confidence. Now within the church we encourage one another in many ways, don't we? I hope we do anyway. Uh, we can be encouraged through God's word, the Bible. Let me recommend this book to you. It's really excellent. It changed my life. It changed anyone else's life? It changed my life. We'll talk more about that later. Spiritual gifts, the way we can encourage one another. Sharing, correction, discipleship. Steve was touching on that last week as well. Financial support, acts of kindness. So there's lots of ways in which, in which we can encourage one another. But firstly, the source of all encouragement comes from God himself. He is the source he is the first part, the God of this Bible, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinitarian God. He is always our starting point. I'm boring Steve with this every time we meet. Hello, mate. Here are the football scores. Oh, it all starts with Jesus, mate. You know. But everything starts with him. For too long, it started with me. And one of the best ways that we can encourage one another is to be sold out for God. Yeah? It's the best way. And let me tell you, the leaders would be very encouraged if we were all sold out for God. So we looked at 1 Thessalonians 5.11 and it talks there about encouragement. When I did a little bit of research on this, it's interesting to see that the root of this word, it can mean that we should care, comfort and encourage ourselves as well as others. I thought that was quite interesting. See, the starting point is you've got to have something to give, haven't you? 
haven't got anything to give, sometimes we can give from a dry stream, which is why we always need to come back first to God. He is always our starting point. So how do we encourage ourselves? Well, let's look again at this 1 Thessalonians 5. It says, For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that magnificent? This Jesus who died for us, so whether we are awake, alive, asleep, dead, we might live in him, therefore encourage one another and build one another up. God has not destined us for wrath. That's pretty encouraging, isn't it? Pretty encouraging. First to be encouraged in what God has done through giving us Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the ascension of Jesus, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And because, we, because of that, whether we're alive or dead, we are secure if Jesus Christ is our Lord. Now that is encouraging. Do you want to be secure in these days of failing health services and so forth? Health, not as good as it should be. I want to be secure in him. So let's encourage ourselves through the word of God. Encourage ourselves in what Jesus has done. Secondly, let's encourage ourselves through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14.4, it says, One who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, and the one who prophesies builds up the church. So again, we can build ourselves up by speaking in tongues. And thirdly, maybe slightly more practical, we can encourage ourselves by being kind to ourselves. Maybe seeing what God says about us, that we are a new creation, that we are loved. We can quickly get into self-loathing, start hating ourselves, being cross with ourselves. Sometimes we need to be nice to ourselves because Jesus paid an incredible price for us. We're worth it. We're worth it because of what Jesus has done. So that's a little bit of back background to, to um, what encouragement is. Now I'm going to look at a figure in the Bible, a chap called Barnabas, and uh, he was a great exponent of encouragement. So if you'd like to turn, please, to Acts chapter 4. And we're going to kick off at verse 33. A little bit of background here. Jesus has done amazing work on earth, died on the cross, he ascended, had rose from the dead, he ascended. God has poured out his Holy Spirit, and my goodness, is it kicking off. Incredible miracles, signs, wonders, absolutely stonking what is going on. So let's just read this. Acts chapter 4, 33, uh, verse 33, and let's see where this chap Barnabas comes in. 33. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. And there was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands, houses, they sold them and bought the proceeds of what they sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means sons of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, he sold a field that belonged to him and bought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So you come into this environment where there's power, miracles, anointing, signs and wonders, and yet in the midst of that, God still needed 
encourages to be amongst the people. Barnabas, his original name was Joseph or Joseph, but the apostles changed his name and they called him Barnabas. It means son of prophecy, man of prayer, son of encouragement, son of consolation. Barnabas gave financially also to the work of God. Sometimes it's easy to give some an encouraging word, but to put your hand in your pocket for some is a bit more of a challenge. But in the midst of all this power, all this activity, Barnabas had a key part in the ministry that God was, bring, was, was about to launch into his church. Now I believe at Beacon, we're growing. Good, very good. <laughs> Should we try that again? We're growing. <laughs> Thanks to manipulation in general all the time. <laughs> but we're growing because of our wonderful Jesus we're growing. And I believe that God is raising up amongst us people who will be encouragers. Not necessarily having a direct ministry to the lost and unsaved. It's interesting when you look at Barnabas' life. He wasn't particularly out there preaching to the lost and the unsaved from what I can see. But he was supporting those who were doing that work. And clearly it seemed to be an important, an important role. And that's why I believe we need discernment and wisdom to know what our gifts are and where God wants us to use our gifts. You know, we can be, through guilt, we can be shoehorned into something that we feel we ought to do for God, but it doesn't really quite sit with our character or our style. This is what I love about street pastors. You've got people that have got the courage to go out on the street and talk to folk. This leaves me cold. But there are others who stay back at the ranch, praying, making cups of tea, looking after. We need both, because we're a body. And that's okay. So yes, others, some, we all have a responsibility to share the gospel. We all have a responsibility to pray for the sick. But it may not be the core thing that God has called you to. It may be that God is calling you to be an encourager and a supporter to those that are doing that. And it's something I've put in the cell notes to look at. But uh, I just want to encourage you to ask the Lord continually, Father, where do you want me to put my energy Where do you want me to put the little bit of energy I feel I've got left for your kingdom? And for the last three or four months, I've been uh, in Proverbs 16, 1 to 9, which David brought as a prophetic word to us at Prayer and Vision back in August. It has shaped my life. You can check with my wife. It has shaped my life. Pray those verses and you can bring things before the Lord. Father, do you want me to put my energy here? Father, do you want me to put my energy there? This is where my heart is. But what are you saying? I want to be open to what you're saying. So Barnabas. Barnabas is an encourager, and yet God is preparing him for something very special that is about to happen. So if we turn to Acts chapter 9, we continue to see signs and wonders. We see deacons appointed. We see a wonderful man called Stephen, who preaches an incredible sermon and as a result is murdered. And as he is murdered, there's a young man called Saul who's standing there going, good job too. This man Saul was quite bad news. He would go from house to house. He would drag out men, women and children who were Christians, put them in prison. He was very, very bad news. Then in chapter 9, 
we see that this murderous zealot called Saul has a life-changing encounter with Jesus. Jesus appears to him and he is changed. And it's just a little aside, but there are folk I know in this room who've been praying for years for people. They're not murderous zealots, but for years and years. Let's hold on. Be encouraged. God can meet them. Jesus can meet them, can confront them, and they can be totally changed. That son, that daughter, that husband, that wife, that uncle, that aunt, an encounter with Jesus can radically change them. That's a little aside for free. (laughs) But Saul, (laughs) he'd now met with Jesus, had a terrible reputation. The Christians didn't want to associate with him. And this is when Barnabas stepped in. And my goodness, what a step of faith this was. So let's read this. Um, We're in Acts chapter 9, verse 26. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples. And they were afraid of him. Absolutely. For they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord, who had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out amongst them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned of this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Is the verse we all like. So the church throughout Judah and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up in the comfort, uh, sorry, was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Barnabas was there, he was an encourager. He recognized that there was something about this Saul and he took a risk. He took a risk and he acted on his gift of encouragement. Just wonder if the Lord is asking you to take a risk. Is he asking you to take a risk? When it comes to acting on the gift or gifts that he's given you may not be to be up front, but it may be a key role in supporting and encouraging others. And speak to the guys about that. It's always good to pray with one another and seek wisdom from the leaders about that. But maybe God's given you a gift. Maybe there's something stirring in you. You're thinking, I don't know, but maybe you could take a risk. See, I believe that if Barnabas had really pushed, he could have had a very successful ministry. I mean, Would you agree? I mean, I agree. (laughs) The sick were getting healed. Demons were getting cast out. Amazing things were happening. Barnabas could have really put himself in the forefront. But instead, he just seemed to step to one side, encouraging, encouraging. And when this big opportunity came, he was ready. Spirit of the world has crept into this, into the church generally over, well, since day one. But the 80s and 90s, we were so encouraged to find our gift, to minister in power and see the 
dead raised and the blind see. And that's right. And that's good. But also there's a valuable ministry in encouraging and supporting others who have that anointing. So yeah, pray for the sick. Reach out. Go for it. But also, how can we support others around us who God appears to have anointed to do that maybe in a more significant way? As I wrote in my notes, where are the mothers and the fathers of this generation that God is raising up to equip the new generation that's coming? This could be a generation, a new generation. It could be 70, 80, 90-year-olds that are going to get saved. I'm not talking about just young people. No, getting out of them on the drums, isn't it good? I'm talking about people that get saved that are going to need mothering and fathering who could be in their 70s or 80s. Acts then goes very quiet. We don't hear a lot about Barnabas and Saul for a few chapters. I love the silence in the Bible sometimes. I wonder how they spent their time. I think Barnabas was constantly teaching, encouraging Saul. I believe their friendship was developing. Their time, to, their time together, the support they were having, encouraging one another in the Lord. If we turn to Acts 13 now, we look at verse 7, and then we're going to look at verse 46. Family zone's coming, so we are going to have a quiz. Do I hear a whoop? Whoop, yeah, great. <laughs> okay, so. Acts 13.7 says this. Um, Barnabas and Saul, they've arrived in Cyprus, um, and there's this really dodgy geezer um, called, um, I've lost his name now, called Bar-Jesus, a false prophet. And it says in verse 7, Bar-Jesus, this dodgy guy, was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence, who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. Okay, it's good. It's a good thing to do. Then in verse 36 of 13, 46, I beg your pudding, 46. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It is necessary that the word of the Lord be spoken first to you. Here's the quiz question. What's different about those two verses? A bit of study. Paul's in... Gold star. I was actually going to be some chocolates and I forgot. I'm really sorry, Margaret. <laughs> but thinking of one's health... That's right. It starts with Barnabas and Saul. The next time we hear about them, it's, Bar it's Paul and Barnabas. Now, Paul changed his name. I've done a load of notes on that, but time's gone. So if you want to know a bit about that, then, then ask me later. Or tweet, or, or WhatsApp me. That's right. Is that right on the phone? WhatsApp. That's it, yeah. I'm down with the kids now. I'm not on Facebook yet, but I can WhatsApp, so... I'll send you my notes, which I've just wasted the time when I could have told you about. But this is the thing, is that it's, Paul changed his name, and there are various reasons I think he may have done that. But it starts Barnabas and Saul, and then it's Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas was a man of the kingdom, not a man worried about his status. He wasn't uptight or wound up about the fact he wasn't number one. I think this is so key, something so key, I think, for us to teach 
younger Christians, not just young people, younger Christians, maybe a year old to three years old, when a little bit of boldness comes in and a little bit of arrogance still needs to be burnt out. <laughs> John said of Jesus in John 3.30 that he might increase and that I might decrease. Now John was pretty awesome, wasn't he? He's the sort of man I would have been like to follow. Wouldn't want to do his washing, but uh, he was the man I would like to follow. But he, even he said, let Jesus increase and let me decrease. Now the one I all know you've been wanting me to get to, Acts 15, verse 35. Paul and Barnabas continue their ministry, strengthening, encouraging, it says in 14, 22, strengthening the souls of this disciple, encouraging them to continue in the faith. Hallelujah. Acts 15, 35. Put on your tin hats. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord, with many others also. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we have, pro- we have proclaimed the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John and called Mark. But Paul thought it best not to take him with them because he had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement, so they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed. Here we are, power, anointing, encouragement, amazing things happening in the power of God. And what happens? There is a severe disagreement between these two men. Both dug their heels in. Again, it just proves to me the Bible's true. Because isn't that real life? See, God doesn't sugarcoat it. He said, they just hugged one another and sang sweet songs to Jesus and everything was better. They had a real severe disagreement. Now, I'd like you to put your hands up and I will be asking you in detail, has anyone here ever had a severe disagreement with another brother or sister? Okay, okay. No time to go into detail, but here's the key point. If you disagree, get upset, are horrible to each other, nasty, etc., that must be resolved, because that's wrong. Because we need to live in love and openness and not have resentment and all the rest of it. Yeah? You're with me. But sometimes you can deeply disagree with someone on something, but there's no actual angst. Do you kind of get me? A bit hard to... I'll I'll leave you to clean this up, Steve, when everyone rings you up. What's he on about? But if it's like, oh, I hate you, you're stupid, I think we should have three churches in Herne Bay, it's very different from, I really believe that we should be doing this, but I really believe we should be doing that. I think that's okay. But here's the key thing, especially for people whose confidence gets hit, has low self-esteem, feel very vulnerable, people like me, probably most of us, Don't let that hit your confidence that God has still called you to minister. If you've got a ministry of encouragement and you have a big blowout with someone over something like that, don't let it stop you from continuing to push into what God has got for you. The devil will sideline us 
telling us, well, because you disagreed with that person in your last church, you can't move on in this church. As long as there's no heart anger and, and grief with that person, I think that's okay. Just say, Lord, that's the way it is. And I believe the scripture that supports that is 2 Timothy 4, 9 and 11, because we know as Paul got older, people were leaving him, he was stuck on his own, he had just had Luke there writing everything down, he was saying, everyone else had deserted him. And he said, bring John Mark, because he's useful to me. He grew up, he got over it. But it didn't sideline them from pressing on. Barnabas went off, got stuck in. Paul and Silas went off and got stuck in. They didn't arrange their own pity party to say, isn't it awful? It's just life. I hope that makes some semblance of sense. If not, I do have Steve's phone number. (laughs) But um, just to get the heart, just to get the heart of that. If you do carry anger or resentment from a previous relationship with someone else, it needs to be resolved. But if there's a disagreement about what should be done about a thing, I think that's okay. But let's look. Look at how the gift of Barnabas, how this encouragement that he had, look how it rubbed off on Paul. Paul says in Romans 1, 11 and 12, he said, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each, by, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And again, in Corinthians, when he's encouraged them, he's saying, "We can prophesy one by one that we may learn and that we may be encouraged." Paul had learned so much from Barnabas, and despite the disagreement he still moved on and that impartation of encouragement was in him and he was still using that to build the church of God. So it's good to get practical, roll up your sleeves, which I tried to do earlier, very embarrassingly. We need to be practical also about encouragement and I'd like to share with you a few common mistakes that we can make when we encourage one another. All from bitter experience, I can tell you. (laughs) I think there are, there are three common mistakes we can make when we encourage people. Just bear with me here. Insensitivity, poor timing, and sharing sentimentality. Firstly, insensitivity. 20, 29 years ago, Julia and I were absolutely thrilled to find that we were expecting our first child. It was also going to be the first grandchild for both sides of both families. Um, we went to tell them, actually felt a bit embarrassed telling them, but obviously everybody was thrilled and we were a bit nonplussed by the whole thing. Told our church friends and so forth and uh, it was all very exciting. Um, a few weeks later, Julia had a miscarriage, which was extremely badly handled by the hospital and it was very difficult. So all of the encouragers start coming along. Oh, so sorry, mate. Don't worry, you're young. You, you, can, you, you can try again. You, you'll be fine. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, really terrible. But, you know, I might have been disabled or something, so maybe, you know, these things work out for the best. <sighs> People trying to encourage us. It, we're, we're, we're over it. We're through. We're genuinely through on it. But it didn't help very much. Okay, so we need to be sensitive to one 
another. And what I'm saying now is not to be a straitjacket of fear that we daren't say anything or do anything. I know I have a tendency to go that way. But we do need to be sensitive to one another. Timing, poor timing. And my brother Steve here, I love him very much. So I've decided I'm going to bless him. We're going to go for a nice walk around Maidstone. I'm going to buy him a nice cup of tea. We're going to walk along the towpath, look at the river and feed the ducks. So I say, Steve, come with me to Maidstone. Nice cup of tea. I want to encourage you. We'll go down by the river, sit on the towpath on the bench. The only problem is, in January, the towpath was under four and a half feet of water. So here I am in January, pushing Steve down the steps towards all this water, and we're wading through and sit on this bench with water up to here on me and up to there on Steve. I wanted to encourage him, but the timing was wrong. You see the, the young mum coming out of Sainsbury's, and you think, oh, the Lord's really given me a word of encouragement for this young mum. I just really want to encourage her that God's with her and strengthen her. She's coming out of Sainsbury's, hair all over the place, frazzled, three kids screaming, pulling at everything. And just, it's just a complete mess. Can't find the car keys, they fall down the drain. And you go up and say, just want to encourage you, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. <laughs> Poof. <laughs> Timing. And we, I've done it. We do it. Again, it's not a straitjacket, just an awareness. And thirdly, sharing sentimentality. I've been guilty of this many times. I want to be on the side of people I love. I want to encourage them. But sometimes I can share out of sentiment and hope rather than out of the foundational word of God. Kind, pretty words sometimes don't help. And we've heard things recently, haven't we? Steve was saying people say, follow your heart. And we agreed. What a crazy thing that is to say. <laughs> so I was in the dentist chair the other day looking up at the ceiling and they've got the poster with the principles of Zen there. Hooray! Buddha's dead, as my pastor used to say. And, and I look up there, it says, B, believe in yourself. And I'm thinking, believe in myself? <laughs> Give me strength. When we share, let's share our heart. That's good. We have emotions, they're a gift from God. Mine aren't always as redeemed as I want them to be. But let's share truth. Let's share encouragement, not just sentimentality. People would say to me, don't worry, your little baby's with Jesus now. Well, we could have a debate about that. And I don't want to take us off subject. But just to say, God is with you. He loves you. He's for you, he's not against you. We're with you. Would you like a cup of tea? It's good to encourage one another from the word of God. Just think about the person you're encouraging. How would they like to receive encouragement? So just kind of wrapping things up now. A few thoughts about encouraging one another. You know, our motivation is always love. Talks about that, about the gifts. But our motivation is love. I would say, number one, our love for Jesus. Number one, our love for Jesus. And from that, our love for one another. How can we encourage one another? By being filled with the Holy Spirit of God.
How can we encourage one another? By just being careful how we share. I can share the flu with you if you like. It won't bless you. (laughs) How can we encourage one another? Don't rush. Again, I've been very guilty of this years past. Sometimes, God, you feel stirring you with a word for someone. Hold it. Ask God, is there more? Do you hear what Steve said last week? The guy from Finland gave me this prophecy last year, and I'm sharing it with you now. I'm thinking, last year? But that thrilled me because I thought Steve's had time to think about it, pray about it, develop it. Now we can start trying to work it out. It's easy to get stirred. In Esther chapter 10 and verse 3, we see Mordecai, and he was a man who'd been positioned by God. He was a real encourager. There's no time to unpack it now. But he was in the right place at the right time. And he was an encourager. Be encouraged in him first. Firstly, please, let us develop our relationship with God. Get into God's word. I resisted this strongly, but as I was preparing, and I'm not resisting it now, I was preparing, I was thinking about the four folks that are getting baptised next week. I mean, isn't that a thrill? Isn't that a thrill? Isn't that wonderful? It's absolutely fantastic. Hallelujah. God graciously filled me with his spirit in August 1983. And as I've said many times at the front here, I couldn't really read, I couldn't really write, you know, all of that stuff. But God somehow did something that I was able to understand my Bible. And for you guys that are getting baptised next week, I would love to pray with you at a time convenient to you, just that that impartation God gave to me of understanding bits of this, he would give that to you. This is the greatest help. This is the greatest help. And I think this, we, I didn't mention it to anyone, we were talking earlier, and praying earlier about impartation, and it just confirmed to me, let me pray for you. I haven't got very much. I'm a bit of a fool, but it's something God has graciously given me, just an ability to kind of get bits and bobs of this. So be encouraged first by developing your relationship with God and enjoying the word of God. Out of that love and appreciation for what God has done, be filled with the spirit and encourage one another from an abounding, not from a duty. Encourage one another with empathy. Steve loves sort of sci-fi movies and doesn't like football. I don't understand or get sci-fi movies at all, but I do love football. So we're different. So if I'm going to prophesy to Steve, I don't say, I just got this word about you running out to play for Barnsley in the first 11. I'm just going to be more empathetic. What, what will Steve receive? Steve tells me bits and bobs from films and how it opens up discussions. I find that really interesting. As I say, be sensitive. Also, we can be creative in how we encourage one another. We can text one another. We can, what was it, WhatsApp? Yeah. That's it. Tweet. Waste of time. <laughs> Phone one another up. Make a cake. 
Nice chocolate cake. Nice icing, June. Yeah. Send people cards, flowers. Then Margaret gave us a little, a little pot plant, a little um, African violet. Every year ago, moved into our house. It's still in flower. And every time we go to the loo, we think of Margaret. <laughs> but it's encouraging that you know someone went to the trouble of getting us that, and and it and it's really precious. It's really precious. You'd like to turn finally, brethren, to one Thessalonians two. Thessalonians 2 16 and 17 I don't think that's right (laughs) it's 2 Thessalonians 2 I'll try and change it on the cell notes. Um, I haven't sent them yet. 2 Thessalonians 2, six, uh, 16 and 17. I don't think that's me. It says this. May, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace comfort our hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Just before I pray, did you hear Steve's prophetic song this morning? Anyone remember it? New thing? thing? Yeah, let's see if we can piece this together. New thing? He's going to bring the lowly up high. Gather of the lost. Well done, dear. Raise the dead. Heals the broken. The God of new things made new by the cross. Shall we pray? Father, we want to thank you that you are a God of new things. We want to thank you for the cross of Jesus that broke the power of the enemy broke his right over us and we want to thank you Jesus that you were raised from the dead by your father and that you've ascended to the right hand of the father that you've poured out your Holy Spirit and father I pray that you would continue to encourage us in the word of God father help us to learn how to encourage one another Lord I don't want anything I've said today to straitjacket or throw people or knock people of course but Lord may we be encouraged by you and may we encourage one another and Lord Jesus we thank you so much for what you're doing amongst us bring newness and new life to us we pray Lord Jesus break through that stuff that holds us so tight sometimes Spirit of the living God, we thank you for what you're doing amongst us. Jesus, may you become more famous in this church.
Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, folks. There is coffee, as Steve said earlier. Very happy to pray.